All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. You're watching Leafs Morning Tape with host Nick Alberga and former NHLer Jay Rosehill. The show starts now. All right, let's ride. It is uh, Tuesday, October 3rd. Nick Alberga and Jay Rosehill with you for the Tuesday edition of Leafs Morning Take presented by Botano. How are we doing on this Tuesday, Rosie? How are you, buddy? We're good, man. We're good. We're getting into the swing of things. Chris Pronger coming up, NHL legend. I'm excited. I like that. I like that little promo again. Uh, Hockey Hall of Famer uh, Chris Pronger, who's releasing a a new whiskey, a new Canadian whiskey with his brother, Sean Pronger. Can you envision going into business with your brother? Have you ever done that? <laughs> no, me and my brother are pretty tight. He's a little bit older than me, but uh, well, we've been close to it, but we thought it's best to keep our distance a little bit because we've been known to butt heads here and there i uh i like the way it is now though yeah that's a bit of a shocker you know it's 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 sort of funny even playing beer league puck back on sunday there's a couple of guys on the team that were in business together and lifelong friends dude they had a massive blow off and it's been about a year and a half and they haven't returned to being friends it just shows you never get into business with family or friends it just usually more times than not a heads for disaster no yeah, I agree with that. And even if it doesn't, just working every single day with uh, a good friend or a family member just kind of changes your relationship, right? You're around each other too much. You don't do anything socially. And yeah, that's I've had buddies do that too. It's good advice. Stay away. Stay what away. up to everybody in the chat at the Leafs Nation 401. If you're watching or listening right now and haven't subscribed to our beautiful YouTube page, I'm not sure what you're doing at the Leafs Nation 401, where you could subscribe again on YouTube. Search Leafs Morning Take wherever you get your podcast will pop up. We're bigger and badder than ever this season. Happy to bring this uh, this show to you once again and and getting closer and closer to training camp. So we'll get into the game story from last night. As mentioned, Chris Pronger's coming up. But 
We have to start off with some business, pun intended, because we just talked about a family business. But did you catch this yesterday? So Jimmy Butler strolls into media day for the beginning of NBA training camp sporting this haircut. Would you ever rock the bowl cut, Rosie? <laughs> he looks Look at that. Like, he looks kind of like Fifi Dobson. I think she's got straight hair like that. I think it's funny, man. Those guys, you know, they got longer hair than it looks and they take a straightener and uh, straightener off. It looks hilarious. He's got the black fingernails going on too. And he says, I'm, I'm emo, man. That's my emotional state. I don't know what the hell he's doing, okay, but so obviously you, having some fun with it. Yeah. So you don't watch basketball, the story behind it. And for anybody who watches the NBA, the better story is not actually on the court. It's off the court and the soap opera and the antics and just the uh, the complaining and the people going back and forth. So Jimmy Butler has been calling for a while to get Damian Lillard and Damian Lillard requested a trade from the Portland Trailblazers and the Miami Heat were his destination of choice. You can call your shot in the NBA. It happens all the time. Ever since LeBron did it way back when with the Miami Heat, Chris Bosh goes over. So the Heat don't end up getting Damian Lillard. So that's the fallout of all this is I think Jimmy Butler is a little disappointed because A, Damian Lillard didn't end up in Miami, goes to Milwaukee, which is a rival in the Eastern Conference of the Miami Heat. So that's the way he showed up for day one at training camp. But for those of you who are not familiar with Jimmy Butler, he's one of the bigger gamers in the NBA. He'll show up broken leg and still play the game as opposed to other athletes out there. Yeah, that's good to hear. I like it. I'm not as plugged into the, to the basketball as uh, as you might be, but I know that name for sure. He's one of the stars. And to fool around like that, I guess he's showing his, uh, he's showing his dismay by acting like a 13-year-old emo kid, I guess, eh? Yeah, exactly. I mean, it brings me back to my days being like 13 or 14, like 20 years ago, and it pretty much was a thing back in the day. But yeah, he's had some different hair. Last year, I think he had the dreads. I think he just had the cornrows, so he straightened things out. I believe that was a year ago, and uh, hopefully producer Aaron can confirm that. A year ago on picture day to start um, training camp for the NBA, Jimmy Butler sported that cut. So uh, a massive difference, but he's uh, a little unhappy with life in Miami right now, I guess. That hair there looks sick, man. Was it really that long? Yeah. Jesus, I didn't I didn't know he had hair that long. That's unbelievable. Do you have any good stories about like training camp, like starting the first day? Like I always wonder what it's like the first day of school, right? In hockey or pro sports when you show up for camp. Like, do you have any crazy stories of a guy just showing up like way, way overweight or a different haircut or something like that? Well, back when I was just starting out, like we do training camp in Tampa with Tortorella. And like, I remember, um, Sean Burke, it was like his 18th year at training camp. He said he'd never seen anything like it. Like the first two or three days we did not touch a puck. It was just pure fitness testing, like multiple days. Usually that's just kind of happens on one day, but all these skating tests, then we load up in the bus and go down to SFU and we're running the track. It's a three mile run test in like 95 degree humidity. No one's used to that. And then Torts was around the middle middle section of the infield of the track with a bullhorn. He's just yelling at people. And I remember there was a pretty high draft pick who decided to train on his own and they wanted him to get a trainer and get in with a, an outfit that would actually train him. He said, no, I'm doing my own in my own town and my own house. And he came and he was just getting worked on that three mile run. He was getting lapped and Torts was just three feet away from his face yelling at him with the bullhorn and uh needless to say that guy never played for tampa and ended up in the east coast league that was the beginning of the end for him and he's a good buddy of mine it's kind of sad really but uh yeah sometimes training camp can come up and get the best of you yeah all things considered piggybacking off that i think you and i had a pretty good representation of ourselves yesterday going longer in format we went we we put 53 minutes on the map yesterday i think our longest production in the off season was like 
29 minutes, man. And we, we, it was seamless yesterday, buddy. You were in midseason form. What's going on here? You think so? I wasn't feeling <laughs> it, I'll really. tell you that. But uh, it's good to get this uh, new outfit down pat and the new, what do you want to call it? Like a new uh, just new length, really, a new show altogether. So, yeah, to build on it and to keep rocking and rolling like the way we are, we're getting more and more subs and people that are interested in it. And uh, Leafs Nation's uh, going to be well represented this year. So, so there's something I didn't tell you before we went on air today, bud. Uh, I am sorry to break it to everybody. I can't do this show this season. Uh, I'm calling it quits. Uh, producer Aaron's going to do this show because, Rosie, I watched the preseason hockey game last night and I got severe PTSD. I'm kidding, by the way. And I almost got Rosie for like a split second there. He's like, oh, my God, what am I going to do? This guy carries me. Dude, I thought we're over this stuff. And if you don't believe me, just read the comments on what Sheldon Keefe said after the game. Go look at Brad Tree Living's look after they somehow miraculously like, you had your roster last night. I know it's preseason. I'm not going to come out here and complain and bitch and moan about one preseason game. We've seen that episode way too many times in games that matter, whether it's in the spring or in the regular season. What was your read on that collapse? You're up 3-1. You're up 4-2. You can't solidify things. Montreal comes in. Nick Suzuki scores the OT winner. Well, I came home from the rink myself. We have got two hockey teams going on that I'm coaching. We have early season meetings and all that BS. So I got home a little late, flipped it on. There was about five or six minutes left. It was 4-3, I believe. And they were getting hemmed in pretty good. They were getting peppered a little bit. Um, Sammy looked kind of average. He was uh, got caught a couple times. They tie it up, of course. They win in overtime. It's that ugly look, but... To start crucifying them now, I mean, you got to understand, like for the big boys, especially the mindset of an exhibition game, it's just not as intense. And when things happen, I don't really consider it the team identity. Like you go yep. in and, and just smash a team 6-1 and you're rolling over a, a rival team. Are you going to say, oh, this is our year? No, it's an exhibition game. Everything's different. I realize it's getting down to the the wire and they're starting to go with like their their real roster. That was a pretty... It was a pretty good look at what the Leafs team will actually look like starting goalie and all. And yeah, you don't like to see it, but I'm not ready to sound the alarms like you. I think you, uh, you're about to say you've seen this movie before and it takes us back to last year, doesn't it? It's PTSD, dude. And my counter is like, again, just I'll read you the comments from Sheldon Keefe. You don't think he's seen this movie before? I don't care if it's a preseason game or regular season again or Stanley Cup playoffs. It's got to be slightly alarming. Like, again, I'm tempering myself. I understand this, Rosie. I just prefaced everything. But the fact that it's not the first time, it's not even the 18th time we've seen that type of performance by that roster and different players on that roster. But here's what Sheldon Keefe said. Hopefully they leave bitter about the result, preseason or not. All things you'd like to think, whether it's preseason or not, that we're past a lot of that stuff. And we weren't tonight. That was about collapsing and blowing that 4-2 lead. And again, seeing Brad Tree Living's face, Seeing Sheldon Keefe and his comments, uh, I, I just think you have to set a tone from day one that that type of business is just not going to happen. We've seen that way too many times where they took the the pedal off the uh, off the gas and said, you know what, we're going to let this team back in the game. Like I didn't think they were particularly good to begin with last night. Again, it's preseason. I thought they were sloppy. I think it was evident a lot of guys had never really played with each other, but. To lose in that fashion to a Montreal team that you're way better than, it, it just, I don't care if it's preseason. It just left me thinking and wondering, I'm not, I'm not doing this again. So they better have a backup for me if I can't do the show. 
you know what? There's, <laughs> there's two things that good teams do, in my opinion. And one is when they get a lead, they close it out. They hold on to it. They find a way to win that game. Number two is when they're not in a game, they find a way to scratch and claw and get back in the game when they don't have their best stuff. And the Leafs are kind of famous for not doing either at certain points in time. Not all the time, man. I mean, sometimes they're just the dominant team, start to finish, easy wins, and they rack up 100 and some points in a season, and that's great. And those are the games we don't talk about too much. Oh, good job, good yeah. win, move on to the next. It's the ones like this that that people get frustrated about and it's just a matter of getting that team identity that that doesn't do that thing that doesn't give up a two goal lead in the third period i mean that's just your cardinal sin right you cannot do that especially as a as a high-end premier team that's expected to compete for the stanley cup but it's preseason. it's not even october i guess october 3rd today but season hasn't started it's October. relax. I mean, what else can you do? You, you want to bang our heads against the wall every, every time they do that. It, it's not helping anyone or anything. Um, call it an anomaly. They've got building and growing to do. They've got a, they've got a good chunk of a new roster out there right now. So they're going to take time to gel together, but no matter how you split it, it's not, it's not a great thing to see. It doesn't really matter who no. you are, or what team you're looking at. Everybody in the chat, am I overreacting to a preseason loss in OT to Montreal Canadiens where you have 3-1 and 4-2? It's likely that, yes, I am. But again, I've just been around this team way too often in the last five to seven years where it's the same old rodeo. It doesn't matter the time of year. It's like we're, we're going to stop playing hockey. They, they didn't show up for the third period. They blew the game, didn't touch the puck in, in OT. You know, I was laughing too. So the first period hits, Montreal goes in the power play and they're going to jam it down our throats. You got Matthews and Marner on the PK and they scored They scored 20 seconds and did Montreal. So I just, that experiment's going to be fun this year, Rosie. They talked about it in the intermission too. They did. Yeah, what'd they say? Because I don't, I just don't get it. If Marner wants to kill penalties, fine, fine, fine. But like to have Marner and Matthews out there, I mean, what do you... I just don't like like the the way they set up that high umbrella and those one timers from that offside that guys are wiring today. You're just asking for a broken foot or something with one of your stars. A PK is a good time for them to get a blow, get a rest, um, get their win back, take a little break because you know in all other aspects of the game you're going to be working those guys hard, especially down the stretch. Why put Austin Matthews on the PK? You're telling me that other guys aren't defensively as sound as Austin Matthews that other guys aren't willing to sacrifice more that other guys you aren't willing to put in the line of fire a little bit more than Austin Matthews. I don't really get why you'd really force him to go onto the PK. I don't really get the benefit of it. Yeah. To your point, I think there's gotta be some wear and tear. Um, I mean, Mitch Marner's a prime example since starting playing on the PK PK. I mean, there's been some moments where he's really, really battling out there and you could tell he's, he's up against it. And on top of that, like, I wonder if this is going to take away from offense from Austin Matthews, if he's killing penalties and correct me if I'm wrong. I think you're, you're thinking at the PK wrong. If you're thinking offense first, like I understand it. Matthews, it's the crossbar yesterday on the PK. He's going to get his goals like that. One of those two guys is going to score a lot more on the PK and they're going to provide more offense. But isn't the whole goal of the PK to kill a penalty and and move on in time? Like I, when did offense become a thing of the PK? Oh, man, if that's what you're thinking on the PK, exactly. I think it's dangerous. I think they were yeah. famous last year for giving up shorthanded goals and for, you know, it, when you're on the power play the limited times i have been on the power play it's easy just to think non-stop power play 
Yeah, I finished up on the power play. Net front guy, net front, big body, big body. <laughs> but you're thinking offense and you're that's all you're thinking. And sometimes those really offensive guys just completely forget about defense. Like you're the last guy on the blue line, last man back, flat footed with pressure. Like not the time for something fancy or too much patience, but they tend to do that. And I mean, how many odd man rushes, breakaways, two on O's did we see last year on the PK? And it's like, man, we got to clean that up. I don't think shoving Austin Matthews with Mitch Marner is really the answer to clean that up. And if you're looking for Apple or for your cookies on the PK, I mean, that's a bloody, that's just a, a recipe for disaster. If you ask me when I, my mind on the bench, you get a penalty kill, you get a power play, you kill it. You kill their power play. That gives you momentum. As soon as that guy comes out of the box, you get possession again. Boom, boom, boom. Out goes Austin Matthews and those yep. guys. And those guys are thinking, shit, we just lost an opportunity. We're thinking, good, we just dodged a bullet. Let's put the hammer down. And that's a bit of a momentum changer when you kill a penalty. That's when you need Austin Matthews out there fresh, not out there looking for his cookies when it's five on four. I don't understand that. Yeah, to me, it seems like more of like a big brain operation. Like it's one thing to have Mitch Marner out there, but I, I want to put Austin Matthews in the best positions to score goals. Like there's a reason, in my opinion, he's still the best goal scorer on the planet. I think you're taking away from that. And on top of that, next thing you know, let's say you take six, seven penalties in a game. You're looking at 30 minutes a night for Austin Matthews over an 82 game slate. You think you're going to get the Stanley Cup playoffs and do damage in the playoffs. Like I want this guy fresh when it matters, Rosie. Yeah. And when it matters is late in games, late in periods, mm -hmm. when you need that extra push and you need that goal and you need him to be your guy. And maybe he's gassed because he just killed a penalty a minute and a half ago. I mean, you got enough players on that roster that, that serve a purpose. And Austin Matthews certainly serves a purpose. And I don't think it's to lay down and block shots and kill penalties and work his bag off getting in the lanes and getting in those shooting lanes and picking off pucks and I just don't like it, man. Like use him for his strengths. You got other players that can kill penalties. They're probably better suited for it than Austin Matthews. He's a high octane offensive player, not to mention you're putting him in the line of fire and danger and risk an injury when you get him out there too much. And he's going to be gassed. And there's an extra percentage of getting injured. It's just like, what are we doing? I don't get it. I don't like it. I like it. I like the take. And I think we should ask today's guest because he's got plenty of experience playing that type of role. So happy to bring in. Hockey Hall of Famer, Chris Pronger's got some new whiskey as well. Chris, thanks so much for doing this today. How are you, bud? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Jay, how's it going? Good, Prongs. Good to see you again, man. Good to see you. Hey, so I think I... Pick, yeah, go ahead. I think I need to start off with a story and get something off my chest, Prongs. <laughs> I get traded to the Flyers. My first game's in Toronto. You're there visiting, and you throw a wad of cash up on the board for the winner, right? We go out, lo and behold, I score the game winner there in Toronto. My first game for the Flyers. We come out, everyone's in a good mood, obviously. And they're going, hey, you got Prongs' cash. You took Prongs' cash. <laughs> and I go look on the board and it's gone. And we don't know where it is. And you're gone already to fly back to St. Louis. So everyone's like, oh, that's brutal. Fast forward a month. We're in St. Louis. You're visiting. Same thing. Money on the board for the winner. We lose in a shootout. And I'm heading to the bus. And I see that money on the board. And I think, hey. Technically, that's my money. <laughs> so I take it off the board and head to the bus and I get back and people are saying back in the room, Prongs is losing his mind saying who stole my goddamn money. So I don't know if it was deserved or not, but I, I took that. I got to gotta confess. Well, I'll, I'll live. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you know what? I guess, you know, you should have told the guys they need to play better, not losing a shootout. Yeah, that's right. Well, I was a scratch there, so there's no, no, nothing on my shoulder. <laughs> 
Hey, Prong, does that mean Rosie's not getting any whiskey? Uh, no, we'll, we'll, we'll tighten him up with one. What, what do we got, Prong? Some rye? <laughs> is, it, is it rye whiskey? We got, uh, yeah, we got 100% Canadian rye whiskey. It's, it's my brother and I and uh, our partner, Niagara Falls Craft Distillers, based out of Niagara Falls, Canada. Um, two Canadian kids, uh, you know, trying to live out a post-career dream. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so it, it's something that uh, I've been talking to my brother about trying to do something for a while now. and this opportunity got presented to us and it just uh, for us made a lot of sense Two Canadian kids uh, built this from scratch. Uh, you know, as longtime whiskey drinkers, we kind of knew what we liked and we kind of took that base and then have built upon it. And um, we're excited. We're getting a lot of good reviews with uh, the flavor profile and, and how it presents uh, on your palate. And, and then obviously it, it uh, it's at a great price point for everybody to be able to uh, afford it. So, we're excited to bring it to market. We're excited to get to Canada finally. It's been a, a long time coming, and uh, uh, we'll see people hopefully Thursday uh, when we launch at the LCBO on Front Street. Yep, Union Station one. Uh, I was going to ask too, like how do how do you even start a venture like this? Like, are you and your bro just like gooned up on on a night, and you're like, you know what, this would be a good idea? <laughs> uh, believe it or not, no. Uh, this one actually was uh, not. I wouldn't say premeditated, but we'd actually had conversations about what would make sense. What could we have fun with? Um, you know, what's going to be a good venture. And I think as we looked at the space, there, there's not a lot of Canadian whiskeys in the market in the U S uh, and, and, you know, there's obviously a lot in Canada, but that, that we could use some branding, some name recognition, and then get to market. And if you got a good product, as long as you get, distribution uh you should do well so it's just uh, a matter of us getting it into the right hands getting it into, into for people to try and uh so far we've we've had great response to those that have tried it so i'm not sure if this has changed in uh since your playing days but the, did you have a favorite spot when you were in the national league and you'd pop into toronto uh not really <laughs> we'll go wherever you're bouncing around uh, there yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, exactly. When uh, when I was playing uh, junior, the Madison Pub was obviously the big spot for a lot of the Leafs. Yes. Uh, Wendell lived nearby, and um, so that was kind of one of their haunts. But uh, no, I never really had one watering hole, if you will. Uh, I would go occasionally go to McVeigh's New Windsor Tavern. <laughs> I like I'm more of a pub kind of guy, and not necessarily a club. I like it. Prongs, we were just talking before you came on about putting Austin Matthews on the penalty kill right now. What's your take with all your experience on putting like a star player, high offense guy on the penalty kill? Are you for that or do you see the benefit? I, I get what they're trying to do and they're probably trying to add more minutes, get them more involved in the game. Uh, you know, depending upon what the penalties look like, you know, a lot of times a player like that might be sitting on the on the bench for a long time. Yeah. I don't have a problem if you maybe put them in the fourth fourth PK unit. They're not going to get a lot of time, but if if you take a penalty after penalty after penalty, and, and it doesn't happen that that often, but if it does, you have the ability to maybe throw them out there. I don't I don't like star players being focal points of a PK unit. You know, somebody's going to argue, well, Patrice Bergeron, but that's his role. That's his job. He's a defensive specialist. Yeah, he's going to provide some offense, but he's not. You know, running the PP and scoring 60 goals and doing all that stuff. He's that's his main role. Um, you know, I think if you're 
looking at this particular situation, you want him fresh. You want him five on five controlling play fresh dominant using his speed. And then obviously PP. What I think happens is if, if you don't play him on the PK, you have to give him more minutes five on five and you have to maybe double shift him in certain situations and get him out there more often to, to counterbalance that. And he, sh- he should be playing based on, you know, he might not play as much as McDavid, but he should be playing at least 24 minutes a night Yeah, uh, on average, you know, yeah. some you're going to play more depending upon the PP, but some you might play a little bit, a little bit less depending upon the opposition and matchups and things like that. But overall he should be, he should be leading their team in minutes outside of any defenseman, maybe Morgan Riley or somebody like that. Well, well, that's exactly it. I think, you know, I think we're losing sight of what a penalty kill is. And you can speak to this, obviously, is like last time I checked, you're killing a penalty. If you're looking for offense, aren't you looking at it the wrong way? 100%. If you're trying to score goals on the PP or uh, pardon me, on the PK, um, some teams are really good at it and and they have a good system and, and they can create offense, but they also give up a lot too. You know, there, there's a there's a balance here of of wanting to kill, and the top PK teams in the league are not necessarily trying to score goals. They're trying to kill it, and they're trying to get their five on five units back, and then hopefully they get a couple calls and they get on the PP. Uh, I'm not. I have yet to see a top PK unit provide a great amount of offense. They might do it because they're frustrating the, the opposition. Uh, and they start taking chances. They start, you know, trying to throw stupid scene passes or trying to, you know, do spinoramas in the uh, defensive zone. And all of a sudden it goes the other way and you got two on one after two on one or, and things of that nature. But if you're trying to generate just straight up offensive attack from from killing a penalty, you're probably looking at it the wrong way. Yeah. Prongs, in my opinion, you kind of played in what I consider kind of some glory days and Throughout the era of the NHL, it's changed so much. We were talking yesterday about looking down the benches and it just looks like kids. All you see is rosy cheeks and, <laughs> and baby faces and it's changed so much. And how much do you watch the the game now in the league? And and what's your opinion on, on the state of the game these days? Yeah, when I came in in 93, as an 18-year-old, Patrick Poulin, we had, he was uh, 20. And then everybody else, like Jeff Sanderson was the other young guy. He was like 23. Yeah. And then everybody else were like men. Yeah. And now it's a polar opposite. I mean, I don't know how many guys are over 30. I'd love to, I'd love to hear the stat. I can't imagine it's very high. Mm-hmm. Uh, just with the the way that teams have rolled over, obviously with the salary cap and, and entry level contracts and all that, those players need to be playing earlier in their career. And I think you're, you see young players get flushed through the league faster. They're not given a chance because of that entry level contract. And being forced to play, you get 19, 20, 21-year-olds kind of thrust into, all right, we can either have an entry-level guy or we can pay this guy a million and a half. Let's go with the entry-level guy, save a little bit of money. We'll kind of give him spot duty and, and give him an opportunity to develop, even if he's not ready. And, and he's not given a chance to kind of work through the bumps and bruises of playing in the minors or, or learning how to, how to play the game at a professional level. It uh, you know, I, I think that's where you see the the changing of the guard as it relates to the age of the league, how that part changes. I, I know a lot of teams would love to sign and have signed veteran players just as a presence to be around and provide guidance to a lot of the young, especially if they have a really young team and they've 
you know, been crappy for a number of years. They got, you know, team like Chicago, they go out and get Perry and Felino yeah. to provide some professionalism, some guidance to the young players that they have. Uh, not a lot of teams are, even the bottom rung teams are not in a position to do that, or a lot of them are not. And, and I think you need to have those guys to, A, provide tradition of the league, but then to help guide and steer these young players and teach them how to be true pros and treat, teach them you know, how to handle pressure, how to handle the media, how to prepare for games, how to practice properly and, and train and all those things that a lot of these young kids have. You know, They got 10 coaches. They got a, a nutritionist, a skating coach, a stick handling coach, a shooting coach, a, you know, all that kind of stuff. And, and I think they are extremely talented. But the hockey sense side of the game and the understanding of what's necessary and how to read and react throughout the course of a game sometimes gets lost. And spinning it, I think, to the Leafs too. Like I think Bradtree Living was pretty cognizant of that coming in and bringing in some vets, guys like Ryan Reeves and Max Domi's played some games in this league and guys of that ilk, you know, who will drag you in the fight. So I was curious to bring you on and get your perception, this different looking Maple Leafs team. Do you, do you think they have that grip factor or they're tougher to play against? Because ultimately, I think the moves are made in mind thinking they'd be tougher to play against in the Stanley Cup playoffs, right? Yeah, I think up front they will be. I, I still think on the back end, they need to provide a little bit more grit. They, they've got mobility. They've got puck movers. They've got, they have that side of it. You know, I think they just need, and, and I'll call them a shutdown D, but they need a really solid defensive defenseman to pair with a Morgan Riley or a John Klingberg to, to really get the most out of each player. You know, where you, you know, as a defensive defenseman, a lot of times you have a Wooby in your partner where you get him the puck and he makes a play and he jumps in the attack and you can kind of filter underneath and kind of provide the, the back end support that they need. Uh, you kind of need that 1A, 1B type of uh, attitude, I think, on the back end. Yeah. I think health will play a factor uh, on the back end for them uh, being a, I mean, a softer defense core, if you will. Um, if they get into one of those dog fights and, you get Reeves running around. Well, what's going to happen on the other end? And and so it it it's give and take. And and so I like their team. I, I like obviously they've got a lot of star power. They got a lot of firepower. I still think you know, and it's going to be the same question until they actually do it. Can they finish it off? Can they, you know, what is what is is the goaltending going to be a solid? Pretty pretty good year last year. Is that going to hold up? Is he going to have that same type of year? I mean. Arguably, you could look at it and go, well, he kind of was his career year. Is he going to be able to do that again? And and on and on. So as many uh, check marks that they get, there's also a lot of X's in and question marks. So, uh, it, you know, it's a sa- it seems to be the same old, same old every time. Like, here we go again. Everybody's like, okay, they got a great team, but you got to wait all the way to April to figure out if they can really do it or not. For sure. With that thinking in mind, Prongs, what's going on lately? I've seen you on TV a little bit. Uh, you're around. you got some whiskey stuff going on. Do you ever think about getting back into the league and maybe a management role, <laughs> GM, take the reins of a team? Does that ever tickle your fancy? Is someone still paying you, uh, by the way? No, I finally got off the payroll, which is sad. But uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I'm, uh, you know, I did that and tried uh Tried that side of the business and did I did a little bit of TV, but um, no, I'm good doing what I'm doing. I like not having a boss. Nice. <laughs> no, you've been you, you've been crushing it, man. We've been seeing you all over TV here in Canada. I was going to ask you too, as you know, the NHL All Star Games in Toronto this year. 
Uh, you have a moment that lives in infamy of All-Star Weekend back in Los Angeles. You're crushing blow on Justin Bieber. If you had a chance, <laughs> would you do it again in Toronto this year with Bieber? Uh, I haven't skated. Believe it or not, that is the last game I skated in. <laughs> no way. So, here it is. Yeah. Oh. Uh, I mean, it's a funny story. There's a camera guy there. I didn't even know that camera guy was there. I was chirping with him the whole game. And and then he came in the corner. I'm like, oh, you you have no idea. What are you thinking? <laughs> and then, uh, no, it's funny. My wife ran into him like a year later out in Southern California and, and, uh, and they had a chuckle about it, but, uh, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I haven't, I got a, a knee replacement and I've never, to be honest with you, I haven't even gone on the ice since I had this. So hmm. I don't know if I could even do it <laughs> to be honest, but, um, maybe if I get another crack at him, <laughs> you went out on top and I can set that up by the way. So we'll see if we can get you out for the uh, celebrity classic at all-star weekend. It's going to be a lot of fun before we wrap. We want to get to a listener question. We're on, we're live on YouTube right now. We have our listeners chime in with questions. Mr. Female bacon, uh, ask uh, what your favorite hit you delivered of all time was you have Ooh. one. Oh man. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com acast and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com acast. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Oh, I don't, I, I mean, I don't know. First off, I don't know if I can remember. <laughs> um, I don't know. That's, that's a good question. I've never really thought about it that way. Uh, there's probably about five hits that people love seeing me get smoked in. One is the Bufflin hit that yes. was interference. The other <laughs> one, I got smoked by Ethan Morrow one night in Edmonton when I was playing in St. Louis turn of events i don't know somehow our centerman got out of his way as he was steamrolling straight at me uh let's see who else hit me hard dallas drake hit me hard one night um he's probably arguably the size wise probably the hardest hitter body checker in, in the in the league at the time um who else owen nolan hit me hard one night the the hardest i've actually here the hardest i've ever been hit 
and you would never know it is Glenn Murray hit me one year in the playoffs. He was in LA. I was in St. Louis and I played against Muzz and junior and played against him all the way up. And he just kind of hit me, but somehow just kind of caught my jaw. It just looked like it. We both fell to the ground. I mean, I was out for like half a second, got up, you know, luckily we were right beside our bench. <laughs> so I just oh, got wow. on the bench and, you know, this is like 90, 97, 96, 97. And, uh, you know, I was, you know, seeing stars and the two bright lights and I'm like, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't feel good. And I'm like, yeah, kind of sat there for a second and I got the tab. I'm like, all right, well, I sat back in the rocking chair for the rest of the game and I had the two bright lights. So I just kind of tucked my head down and I just, I didn't kind of jump in the attack or do anything. You know, it's moments like that, you know, you look at the game now and, and kind of where we are with respect to concussion protocols and things like that. I mean, back then there just wasn't anything, you know, it was, Oh, I had a stinger. I had, you know, all the different terminologies that we've heard and now kind of where we've come and where we're at with respect to uh, head injuries and trauma and things of that nature. It's, um, you know, it's obviously gotten to a lot better place. And, uh, oh, and the other, the other hit, I got smoked from behind by Tamu Solani in the Olympics in 2002 <laughs> in Salt Lake. I had a 10-stitch gash right here. Really? If you find the picture, the uh, the glass separated, and you could see half my head, like, in the, <laughs> in, in the partition of the glass. There's got to be no, a picture of that. But again, no penalty. It's funny how there's no penalties on me, right? <laughs> Still complaining, ain't wrong. <laughs> Still trying to get a call, Rosie. <laughs> oh, yeah, <it> never ends. <laughs> hey, Brock, they had that. We had that picture up of Rosie hitting you when he was with the Leafs. You right there, yeah. I, I think, think after that, that could have been preseason. I remember just running around like a moron, going, "Oh shit, this is wrong." Or, but I. I I think I may have chopped in the back of the leg after that. <laughs> <laughs> I just oh, acted like it didn't well. happen. <laughs> well, Bronx, uh, congratulations with the new whiskey. And uh, thank you so much for doing this. Let's touch base down the road because I really want to see what the Leafs do this season. I hope they play with some bite and a different sort of atmosphere around this team. Thanks for doing this. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate it. Good seeing you guys. Thanks for having me, Bronx. Appreciate you it. You bet. Thanks, Rosie. See you. You bet. What a beauty, man. I, I love that story that you told off the, bu- uh, off the bat and – Rosie called me full disclosure. He's like, should I tell this story? I'm like, yeah, it's tremendous. And prongs has a great attitude to him, man. Like, I love that laugh too, man. He's so infectious. He does have a wicked laugh. I love how he, <laughs> I'll be okay. It's probably 300 bucks. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't, I didn't quite notice it. It didn't hurt me at all. It's like, no shit. That's probably the best response he can give you. Like all these years, you remember this story and that's like chump change to, to, oh. to him. I'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. So many thanks to uh, Chris Bronger, Hall of Famer, for coming on again. Try that uh, Canadian whiskey. We'll have links to that uh, being released, I believe he said, on October 5th. He'll be at, uh, if you're in the Toronto area, make sure you check that out at Union Station at the LCBO. And uh, him and Sean Pronger, his brother, going into business together. We should have asked about that. But it, it's always intriguing to get somebody, especially of the oak, of a Chris Pronger who's played that tough brand of style. Like, you remember growing up, you played against him. Like the, the guy was just a tough SOB, man. And he was one of those guys that I'm sure you love to have on your team, but hated. You know, even playing like beer league puck, I played teams and I'm like, I know there's a guy in that team. I'm not a big fan of playing. You know, it's going to be a tough night at the office. Yeah, he played in that era where, you know, there was night long 
battles going on in the corner and you could watch defensemen like him just get in these battles with, you know, a power forward of some type and just clutching and grabbing and punching and face washing and cross checks like crazy in front of the net, just battling all night. And you don't see that anymore, but he was a guy who absolutely played in that era of hockey. And I remember playing against him going can pronger man. Like he's so big. He's got such a big reach. He's so defensively sound. His position is great. He's mean as hell. It sucks playing against him. And those are the guys that, you know, teams just salivated over, hence his Hall of Fame career. You know, that's just such a valuable asset to a team. A little bit less now than it used to be, but uh, a guy that you did not like to play against for sure. So there you have it, uh, Chris Bronger once again. Let's get back into the Maple Leafs conversation pertaining to last night. I know Mark was piping up in the chat at the Leafs Nation 401, where you can subscribe if you're listening right now, haven't done so at the Leafs Nation 401. We're live here on the YouTube chat. Mark wrote in, excuse me, I should say, Earlier on, he wanted us to touch on John Tavares, your expectation for John Tavares. He looked really good last night. Matthew Nyes had another one of those hounding shifts, dude. I'm just salivating watching this guy sit on my couch. I'm like, what an absolute stud because he came on this show twice. But JT looked pretty good last night in his second game in the preseason. Yeah, he did. Again, I didn't get to watch a whole ton of it, but the the times I've checked in to watch the preseason... um, Nice is the guy that stood out to me every time I, uh, I'm listening in the background as I'm making supper or something. I just hear another chance for Matthew Nice. He just he just seems like he's everywhere out there, which is just such a good look uh, for this time of the season, showing that he's ready to rock. JT as well. I mean, JT, yeah, 11 million bucks. You, you know, you gotta you gotta get in there and you gotta earn it. And you know what he does on the ice kind of speaks for itself. We know what to expect if he's. I don't think he's slowing down too much right now. I mean, he's he's not getting any younger, but he seems to be able to still stay up with the game and the pace and the and the speed of the game. Where I want him to kind of earn that money is, you know, take control of that locker room. Like those losses like last night and, you know, you're talking with Sheldon Keefe and he's talking about, I thought we were past this. Like it's not a secret that they're that they're prone to do this and to me that's a lot of leadership and 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 the the personality of your big boys that are the veterans of the of the locker room, they have to kind of squash that and and make everyone be on the same page. You can't just hope you get through the third period or assume you'll keep that lead. And, you know, with all the the things we're talking about with the teams and leagues getting younger and younger, these guys don't have the experience that someone like JT does. And he's got to have that trickle down and run off to the, to the rest of the roster and take control of that locker room. Brother, you talk about experience. Uh, Today is Mark Giordano's 40th birthday. Um, Yeah. Would love to know your expectations. Like, I love Gio as far as I know, as what I've heard in that room. Like, the guy's an unbelievable leader. Guys love playing with him. Guys love playing for him. Of course, he was the captain of Calgary and Seattle as well. But what's your expectation? Like, I'm not a believer in load management. When a guy's 40 and has as many miles or kilometers as, like, a Mark Giordano, I think you have to utilize guys like Connor Timmons, of course, when healthy. Simone Benoit plays last night as well. I don't want to see Mark Giordano play every game or as many regular season games as he can play. Would you speak to that? Uh, do you believe in that? Do you think load management should be a story to keep him as fresh? Because if you recall last year in the regular season, Rosie, like Giordano had a pretty decent year considering his age, considering where he is in the pecking order. I thought he was pretty damn good. But then the playoffs hit and just he he fell off a cliff, unfortunately. <laughs> Yeah, I did. I was going to I was going to say just that. I mean, I I admit I I was wrong. I didn't think the load management was a deal. I said this guy's in phenomenal shape. His body's used to doing this. Um get him into the playoffs. He's you know, you got that hunger. I mean, your your practices are wound right down. You're conserving energy all the time. 
Uh, I thought, you know, going to go into the playoffs, just chomping at the bit with nothing but reinvigorated energy for this new postseason. And with Gio, it didn't really happen. I was, I was thrilled with his season. I just thought he was solid. I found myself tweeting out more than once, like, are you kidding me? Gio, like he's my favorite back end player right now on tonight's night. And I said that more than, more than a handful of times and he looks solid and that's what I expect from him. Just be solid, be that pillar on the back end, always in position. You don't have to do anything fancy, move the puck out of your zone. Don't let them come towards your net. Don't give them big chances. And he was doing really good at that. And yeah, he fell off the map in the playoffs and maybe it's time to look at, you know, wow, he is 40 years old. Maybe we got to back off his minutes a little bit, pay attention to the travel and the time zone change. And maybe that's some times where you can give him a little bit of a break. Because, you know, apparently that stuff does add up to the end of the season on a on a 40-year-old body. And, you know, he, like I said, he can be a valuable asset to the team. But if he's dog-tired and beat up, it didn't look like he was himself in the playoffs. And, and maybe that's something you got to address. Yeah, that has to be the goal here. I think ultimately, Rosie, and call, call me crazy, game one of the Stanley Cup playoffs, would I be upset if Mark Giordano was a seventh defenseman for the Toronto Maple Leafs? Probably not. I, I think we can both agree in a perfect world that's who you're probably looking to improve between now and the trade deadline, which is months away. But I think they have to be thinking the same way. And I think who perfect than somebody who is very familiar with Mark Giordano in the GM of the Leafs, Brad Tree Living from their days in Calgary, right? I think you have to take the right approach, but that would be a right case scenario or a good case scenario is to have Gio as like your seven guy in the postseason. It could be. It depends what that backhand looks like. And I don't really understand waiting until the deadline like so many deals go through at the 11th who's hour gonna do it, deadline. who's going to who, who's going to punt their season right now that's effectively what you do if you're trading a, a frontline defenseman no yeah it seems like they get snatched up and uh, i know what you're saying on the other end but like try to get your team solidified and made you're going to make a deal it's not you don't have to make a deal with someone who's just punting their season and unloading yeah. guys for something um, make a deal with a team that's not we're happy where they are and and needs X and you have it and you can get Y from them and then all of a sudden you don't just have that couple months after the trade deadline to figure it out you got a little bit longer of a season but nonetheless I feel like the common theme with this team right now it doesn't matter if you're talking to a guy on the sidewalk or talking to Chris Pronger this morning it seems like that back end probably isn't at this point, Stanley Cup championship caliber and something about that's probably going to have to change if the expectation is to win a Stanley Cup this year. I mean, you just got to say it because that's what it is. Could not agree more. Uh, the Leafs made 27 cuts yesterday, by the way. Uh, not many surprises. Biggest names, Abrazizi, Steves, Niemela. Of note, Fraser Minton, Miko Kokonen, who played last night, has been a surprise in training camp. Easton Cowan remain with the team. That makes the most sense specifically with the kids, right? Get them as much time like a sponge with the big boys, bring them to Gravenhurst and that whole deal with this team as we get closer and closer to opening night. The right decisions, not really stunned. And at this point, we pretty much have the roster in sight, um, excluding, of course, some of the injury concerns here with the likes of John Klingberg and Kelly Yarncroke. Yeah, and like, what is going on with Yarncroke? I mean, they said uh, it was just a maintenance, maintenance thing. It's a neck issue. Is it? Yeah. Okay. As of last night, I'm scrolling through some things and going down a bit of a rabbit hole. And it's like, people are like, what's going on here? That's five days ago. They said it was a Fishy. maintenance deal. Are they, are, is there a deal in the works? Is he going to get dealt? And that seemed to almost be like the theme that took off was it must be, but uh, maybe he's got some stinger in his neck. That's not going away. That stuff happens too, but it's always fun to go check out the, uh, the rabbit hole and the rumors online and to see if anyone can uh, sort through the, sort through all the smoke and mirrors and figure out what's actually going on. But, you know, 
neck injuries aren't something to screw around with. I'm sure they're being cautious. I can't believe it. A year into this show, you're already a conspiracy theorist. I'm rubbing off on you. But like Kelly Yarncroke, even if they're looking to trade the guy, wouldn't they want to prove that he's healthy? Like he hasn't played a game in the preseason. Why would anybody trade for him right now? Yeah, it's true. That's a, that's a thing. Usually you got to get him out there, showcase him. And then when a deal's almost imminent, then you, then you put him in the rafters to make sure he doesn't get hurt. Seems to be the theme, but that doesn't really line up right now, does it? He hasn't even caught out no. there, but time will tell. Let the record show Jay Rosal called me accurate and correct for once uh, in the history of the show. Now you're long in tw- 200 episodes in, by the way. Uh, the Botano wrap-up is presented by Botano.ca. The game starts now 19 plus. Please play responsibly. Coming up this Saturday and running every Saturday night all October long, our friends over at Botano will be hosting special hockey-themed trivia shows. Enter live by going to the Hockey Trivia in Botano's live casino room starting this Saturday, October 7th at 9 p.m. Eastern and answer at least 10 of 15 true or false questions correctly to claim your share of 1,000 in golden chips for Mega Fire Blaze Roulette Live and an additional $10 bet credit. Golden chips are credited instantly after the show and will expire 72 hours after being credited. Most importantly, it's so easy to join, folks. Just have your own Botano account. No deposit or entry fee required. Sounds like a win to me. The Trivia Room opens every Saturday at 9 p.m. Eastern. And Rosie, I'm fired up. You know I'm a big baseball guy. The Toronto Blue Jays, the Minnesota Twins begin their uh, crucial three-game set here in the postseason. Yes, they do. I was looking at that. I think I'm still on the board for uh, my big win yesterday. 2-0, 2-0. Let's go. Yeah, looking at the Jays game today, I mean, you know better than me, you're a baseball man, but uh, the playoffs comes down to pitching. Mm-hmm. It's not usually a shootout. It's not usually, you know, a high-scoring affair. I want to take the under. What do I think it is? I think it's seven and a half. Yeah, uh, take the under. You're looking for a four-three game type thing to get you in the money. Um, looking at uh, looking at uh, defense and looking at pitching right now for this game. I think everyone's going to be a little tight, and it'll be tough to score a run. So we're taking the under. That's my pick for Botano.ca today. I have the best Kevin Gosman story that one day I will share on this show. Of course, he's the ace of the Toronto Blue Jays and will be their game one starter. But I'm scared as hell. I won't lie. Minnesota seemed to have something on this guy the last like year and a half on his splitter, specifically when he throws his splitter and his off speed. And I just hope he has it, man. I just I want one Toronto team outside of the Raptors who finally won the championship a couple of years back to push through. And on top of that, there, you know, th- this is very, we can spin it to the Maple Leafs. I don't know if you knew this. Minnesota's lost 18 straight playoff games. So for those conversations we had in this market for 19 years or whatever it was about the Leafs not winning a playoff round, not to this degree, but they're probably having that conversation in Minnesota because that team can't even win a playoff game. Never mind a round, Rosie. Well, that's kind of surprising. Well, that's luck on our side for once. A little bit of a yeah. magic dust for the the TO team where usually those stats are kind of stacked against us the last 25 to 50 here. So, oh. Nice to see they could get uh, get a little bit of luck on their side. Gosman can break that curse against Minnesota, and let's hope for some uh, low-scoring affair. Big pitching day. Yep, I like it. Uh, Mario Carrates in a wrap. Twins playoff record look like the Leafs. I don't understand why there's more non-Leafs fans in this chat. than Maybe they're just like me. I think the brunt of the people who listen and watch this show just have so much trauma built to their name as Leafs fans or people who watch the Leafs that it's like, no, it's the same old story every year. Groundhog Day, Rosie. Well, it's one of those things when a market has a massive following and then a history of not winning in a long time, it kind of goes hand in hand. And the Leafs aren't the only ones in that position, but they're certainly the one that sticks out in the hockey world, unfortunately. 
Unfortunately is, is the big word there. Uh, the Leafs look forward to a couple more games. They're uh, infamous and uh, yearly home and home with the Detroit Red Wings to wrap up. I would presume one more game with that full roster in anticipation of the opener next Wednesday against the Montreal Canadiens. So we'll leave it at that, Rosie. Excellent job today, buddy. You too, my man. And thanks to Chris Pronger for joining us. And uh, we should go out and try some of that rye whiskey he's got coming down from his brother. He actually texted me and said, hey, give Rosie my number. I said, absolutely not. You guys would be just a tower of power together. So I can't do that, unfortunately. Sorry, buddy. <laughs> we'll go out and drink some whiskey and get into <laughs> a lot of trouble. <clears throat> probably, probably. Very, very likely. Uh, also, many thanks to producer Aaron Bordado and uh, Jay Rosehill, my astute co-host. I'm Nick Alberga. Thanks so much for listening and watching. And we'll talk on Wednesday. Take care. Thank you for watching Leafs Morning Take. Hit the subscribe button to never miss a show. And for more, visit theleafsnation.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.